What I'd like to talk about this morning is, uh, is really about the gospel. And I think that um, in every message that we preach, in our ministry, as we heard with Pastor Robert, we're going to hear the gospel. Because the gospel is what changes people's lives. Every relationship that we have is based on the, the gospel of the grace of God. Every person that we meet, we pray for that opportunity to share with them the, uh, the gospel, which begins with this, the God's nature of grace. To jest Boża natura łaski. We start with that. We start with Jesus Christ. Zaczynamy od Jezusa Chrystusa. And then we talk about uh, what Jesus did. A później mówimy o tym, co Jezus uczynił. And I want to talk about three gospels. Ja chcę mówić o trzech ewangeliach. That are that we hear. Którą słyszymy. That are not gospels. Które nie są ewangeliami. But we hear them all the time. Ale słyszymy je bez przerwy. And it's very easy for human nature to preach these gospels. I dla ludzkiej natury jest bardzo łatwo głosić te ewangelie. And these gospels are so old. I te ewangelie są tak stare. That we see them in the oldest book of the Bible. Więc już widzimy je w tych starszych księgach Biblii. Job. Job is probably the oldest written book. And it talks about man's oldest problem. Suffering and God's nature. And so I want to just talk about these briefly this morning. And when we look at the book of Job, which is one of the most fascinating books, I think, the first thing that we really see is Job's prosperous life. Then we know that the spiritual warfare about Job's life in Job 1 and 2. And then we see Job's three friends. We see Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. And each one of these men, they were not really his friends, but they were just spectators. Ale byli takimi obserwatorami. They're just spectators in Job's life. Byli obserwatorami życia Joba. Job's true friend is the last guy, Elihu, who is not at the scene in the beginning. When the tragedy hits Job, Elihu is not there. God brings him in the middle of the whole thing. And it just tells us something. That when we have tragedy and trouble and difficulty, our true friends are not necessarily those that first arrive. If we wait for God's mind and God's counsel, we'll hear it. And so each one of these men, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, had their own gospel. But God's summary and God's perspective on their gospel 
Ale Boże takie podsumowanie, Boża perspektywa na ich Ewangelię jest w Joba 32,7. I musicie tam odwracać. 42,7 do 9. 42, 7 do 9. Jaki problem miał Bóg z tymi trzema przyjaciółmi? That they did not speak the truth about the nature of God. Że oni nie mówili prawdy o naturze Bożej. This is such a tragedy, isn't it? To jest wielka tragedia. Because they did not talk about the nature of God. Ponieważ oni nie mówili o prawdziwej naturze And that's what Job needed to hear at this moment of tragedy and difficulty. A to tego właśnie potrzebował słyszeć Job w tym trudnym, tragicznym momencie. Job had difficult times, but he was also failing too. On miał trudne chwile, ale również też tak upadał. W czasie naszej podróży tutaj modliliśmy się o to, żeby Bóg nas prowadził, żeby mieć takie Boże spotkania z ludźmi. I kiedy modlisz się taką modlitwą, najbardziej w nieoczekiwanym momencie Bóg przyniesie And we had one of those yesterday. Uh, we were at Vavel. We were looking at the different rooms there in the castle. And we were walking through them. And we got to one point near the end where there was this one tour guide and she was speaking English. Uh, she was Polish. And she was speaking to this whole crowd. She. And I looked at her I was like, I, I recognize her. I rozpoznałem ją. Then I thought, I don't know, maybe it's not the same one. So we're following, Gosia and I are following this crowd, you know, we're kind of like trying not to be in the group because we didn't pay for the, but we're kind of like just looking at the pictures, you know, what is she saying about that picture, you know? And one thing that she talked about, these, that, that this, Polish conquer conquered Russia for two years. Anyway, we were listening to her and looking at her and thinking, oh, she looks familiar. So we're following her around and, and at the end, I'm looking at her and I go, no, that can't be her. And I'm thinking, oh, it is her. And so, and I said, I don't know. So we went down the stairs and uh, she was talking to somebody, someone and I'm kind of standing there trying not to like, you know, stare at her. 
And then I went up to her and I said, I'm sorry, excuse me, but you really look familiar. Do you have a brother? And did you guys used to go to Misiewaski like 30 years ago? <laughs> 30 years ago. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh. And she goes, yes, you're Chris and that's Gosha. And I was like, that, I was like, that's incredible. And she was just telling us her story and about her family. And, um, and that, you know, how she had left. And she was on a mission somewhere. And it was much, much too hard for her. And she didn't make it. And then she left. And she told us her story. And, and as she's telling us the story, she, she, was, uh, she was disappointed in the way her life went. And when we saw her, for us, that didn't matter. We were just so happy to see her and to hear about her family. And I, we were, uh, there was so much joy in our heart and so much, so much excitement that God crossed our paths together. And all of that did not matter. And all of that, all those standards that maybe she thought that she failed. Because of who we know God to be. Because who we know God to be is more important than anything that's going on in people's lives. But Job's three friends got this wrong. And in Job's failure and in Job's in Job's tragedy, they did not communicate the nature of God. And so I just really want to look at these. Um, I want to look at these. Uh, you know, chapters 4 to chapter 25. From chapter 4 to chapter 25. There's a lot of talking. A lot of talking from human perspective. That's not God's perspective. And when we look at those chapters, some of the things that they say sound good. And maybe we have even quoted them in the past. But we have to be careful that they are not necessarily from the nature, the, the, the point of view of God's nature, God's grace. Job needed to hear the God's he needed to hear God's grace. And Job said in Job chapter 16 verse 2, he said to these three friends, he said, you are all miserable counselors. You guys are miserable. I mean, Job understood that he was not hearing 
So Eliphaz, what did he say, the first guy? Eliphaz, ten Chap- he, he had three speeches. Miał trzy mowy. Chapter 4, chapter, fi- chapter 5, and chapter 15. I three speeches. Trzy mowy. The flesh always wants to talk, doesn't it? Ciało bez przerwy chce gadać. Wants to give its opinion. Chce zda- dawać swoje opinie. What happened? Co się stało? Why did it happen? Dlaczego to się Who stało? Is wrong? What should be done? And who needs to pay? And so Eliphaz said this. Basically, Job, you were obviously prospering. But you must have done something wrong. Job, you were doing great. Life was going good. And then catastrophe. You must have done something wrong. That's the first gospel that we hear, isn't it? Life was so good. We went to a restaurant last night here in Kazimierzyn. It was called Davno Davno Temu. What was it? Jak? Davno Temu na Kazimierzyn. Yeah, that was the name of the restaurant. <laughs> and we went inside, it was a Jewish restaurant. And there all this old stuff. You know, how can we look at the past as the good old days? I don't know why. Eliphaz's message was this. Life was good. You did something wrong. And when we hear that message, I'm sure that we could all say yes. Right? Przesłanie jakoś tak niespodziewanie mówimy tak. Of course. Oczywiście. Of course I did something wrong. No, oczywiście coś Because tam I am a sinner. Ponieważ jestem grzesznikiem. And then the second message was Bildad. A drugie przesłanie Bildada. Bildad also had three messages, Również three speeches. Chapter 8. Chapter 18. And chapter 25. Had three chapters of three messages. And basically his message was different. He said this. That you should repent for what you did wrong. And if you repent, God's going to restore everything to you. The first message is life was good and you did something wrong. And now you're paying for the consequences. Second message was kind of like that. Was kind of like that. And he said, You did something wrong. But repent. <laughs> repent. And if you really repent hard and you really mean it, then God might be happy and He'll return everything back to you. You know? If you pray enough prayers to the right saint or to the right person, then you get all that stuff will be returned back to you. How many of you have heard that message before? How many have said it to yourself? Life was so good if I just repent, you know. And that was the wrong message. And Bildad missed the mark. The third message, the third gospel, third gospel was by Zophar. And this is the best one right here. This is like, this is like hilarious, this one right here. He said, Zophar says, 
and he only gives two speeches. Because really his message, you can't really say much. It's just a bad message. Chapter 11 and chapter 20. Job, he said, you can just thank God that you didn't get worse because you deserve worse. How many of us have said that? Oh, it could have been worse. Let's just be happy. It could have been worse. You know, what a happy gospel that is. You know, like, oh, I'm so happy that I've lost one arm. I could have lost both arms. You know? That's a horrible message. That's not the gospel. And that's what people say today. You know? You know how people say that? Have you ever heard that people say that? Oh, could have been worse, you know? That's not good news. And that does not lead us to change our minds. Because, because, because a message that says God should give you more than gives you less than what you deserve is not a happy message. Poor Job. I mean, and it's so interesting that it's so interesting at the end of the book God never tells Job what was going on. Yes, that Satan appeared before me, that there was demonic warfare. There was no answers from God to Job. It's just so interesting. But Job had two defenses that he just kept saying over and over. And I think that this is what we say when we have tragedy and when we fail and when bad things happen to us. The first thing we say is why did this happen to me? I'm a good man. Right? Why me? Why, 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 not the, why, why, why not the other guy? And then the second thing that Job said, God doesn't answer my prayers and he doesn't answer my cries. God does not hear me. These are the two reactions that we hear humanity about tragedy and difficulty and about life. Why me? And God doesn't hear me. So then God brings this young man, Elihu, onto the scene. In chapter 32. And he begins to speak wisdom. And he waits until everybody has their opinion. And remember this. In life, things happen. And you know what? God will wait and let everybody have their opinion about everything. About what happened, who did 
did what? Kto co zrobił? Who's at fault? Kto, czyja to była wina? Who should pay? Kto powinien zapłacić? What everybody did wrong? Co, co, kto, każdy co zrobił złe? God will wait until all of that is over. I Bóg poczeka, aż to wszystko się skończy. And then God will send in some random person maybe. I po, być może wtedy Bóg pośle zupełnie nową osobę. Who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Która jest wypełniona Duchem Świętym. Who is young. Która jest młoda. Doesn't look like they have much experience in life. Która nie wygląda na to, że ma za dużo doświadczenia and he just rebukes everybody. <laughs> everybody gets rebuked, even Job. And what is Elihu's message? Elihu says, you know what, Job, you are wrong. Job 33-37. He just has this long message. And he preaches and he says, you are wrong to say that you are without sin and that God would not answer you. Job 33-12. This is where, and I just want to finish here in a minute. Is it, this is where change begins in our life. When we understand that all of our issues, all of our natural reactions, all of our rights, you know, all of our opinions of ourselves and other people is just all natural. And we have to go to the cross and say, even though I'm right or I'm wrong, it doesn't matter at the cross. And the second thing is, is that Elihu begins to lead Job out of the box that he's in. When we're in a trial, sometimes we get inside of a box. Emotionally, mentally, physically, and we can't seem to get out of that box. Everything, we feel like we're trapped in this trial. We're trapped in this situation. Trapped in this family problem. Trapped in this financial problem. Trapped in my personal problems. Trapped in my problem of sin. And what does Job say? God is greater. And then he begins to talk about the nature of God. And he talks about why Job had suffered. And this is the main point of the message and I'm going to close. And we don't see really where Elihu stops speaking and then God starts speaking. We just see that Elihu speaking. And then we see, wait a minute, this is no longer Elihu speaking, now God is speaking to Job. And God begins to speak about how great he is and how wonderful his grace is. And I just want to say this about the gospel of grace. Is that the question for us today and as, as Christians is not what is grace. What is grace? We don't, that's not the question today for us. There's a bigger question for us. The question is why grace? Why? What is the motive of God? 
Because we can all day define grace. Books and books and books have been written about the grace of God. What is grace? We have preached in this ministry, Misiawaski, untold amount message about grace. And we have not even scratched the surface of the wonders of grace. Don't let people say to you that you talk too much about grace. Because you know something, when we understand grace, when we truly understand grace, you know what the result is? The result is not that we go and live in sin. The true result of grace is, is that we fall on our face before God and we say how beautiful is the holiness of God and how wonderful the privilege we have to walk in righteousness and holiness and walk in a life of victory over sin, the devil, and the world. That is the right response to the grace of God. What is the motive of God's grace? And I want to finish with this. This is so beautiful. Like wide, and I just want to read, this is the text I want to read. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. And just listen to this, okay? As if we've never heard this verse before. That in the ages to come, He, He, which may be the Holy Spirit, might show the exceeding riches of His grace God's grace and His kindness, God's kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Why grace? Why grace? It's because of this word here. God is kind. God is loving. This is so important to understand this. Why does God shed grace on us? Why is our life full of things that we could never deserve or achieve? Because God's supreme motive for everything He does in our life, the good and the tough, is based on His love for us. Is that awesome? That He loves us so much that He would send us through situations that we would discover in the darkness the riches of His treasures that every attitude of God towards us is that of, of grace. And therefore, we don't need to try to co coerce or persuade God. Persuade or convince God. We don't have to do that. We don't have to try to persuade God. Today we had a taxi ride here. And the guy picked us up. 
And I really felt like he had this attitude today. I'm doing this because you're paying me. God never ever has that attitude towards you and I. God does this because he loves us and because of his great kindness. And God's motive is kind and gracious. Because when we say no to natural thinking about trials, when we say no to defending ourselves and telling our side of the story, then we experience the kindness of God. God brings people into your life to, for, for one purpose, to reveal the kindness and the nature of God. And we can say to people, when we have this perspective in our life, that you are a blessing to me and you don't know it. You are hurting me, but you are a blessing because I'm growing in sanctification. I'm growing in godliness. I'm growing in thinking with God by faith. It's just so amazing. Yesterday, as we were listening to this lady explain, <coughs> and this is the moment I understood it. This is the one. That, this is the one I remember her. This is really her. And this is 30 years early, 30 years later. Because she said something about what, you know how in Babel there's all of these tapestries hanging in the walls? You know, and every one of them has a story in the Bible. Right? And she, she came to the one about Noah building the ark. And she said, and Noah built the ark by faith. That's Missiwaski right there. That's a Missiwaski message right there. That's grace. 30 years later in her life. And I said that to her. I said, I knew it was you. Because you said that. And that's not something that a normal person would say in the, in the Catholic Church. Said, well, yeah, I guess, I guess you know, that's what the Bible says. And I said, no, that was something. That's the grace of God in your life. And when we understand that gospel of grace, It just never goes away, does it? It never goes away, ever. Amen. So let's 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 close in prayer.